Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose. It's the queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 810 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yay. I mean, you still have to do your Friday work. My, my work's almost done for Friday, so I guess I celebrate prematurely. Joining us now, we have Julio Diaz. He is the host of Let's Go Pensacola. You can hear it at 4 o'clock on Saturdays here on News Radio. Also of the Pensacola Movie Club that he founded and continues uh, where they you know find out what they're going to watch on Facebook. Then they get together in real life and talk about the movie they watched. Uh, it's good stuff. Julio, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. So last week we had, what, eight movies, and this week we have one? Is that uh, right? There, there was one that opened, and honestly, I actually kind of forgot that it was opening. <laughs> uh, so, I, so, so I didn't see it. I instead saw, uh, so, we, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but I, I did see American Fiction, which came out here last week, uh, has been out a little bit longer in some other places and of course was one of the big uh big top oscar nominees uh, when the oscar nominations came out this week and uh absolutely deserves everything it was nominated for and more this movie is fan freaking fantastic it is uh the story is about a very serious writer and college professor played by uh jeffrey wright oh i remember you who, telling me about uh, this last week yeah go yeah, on go on he, he uh, he um, he writes these very you know erudite novels based on mythology uh, that have absolutely nothing to do with you know the Black fact issues. that he's African American, yeah. uh, and yet he's constantly pigeonholed and his books are shelved in the in the African American studies section of the bookstores and he, he doesn't really sell anything. He's just getting increasingly frustrated with it all. And uh, he's watching the success of this this other book written by uh, a character played by Issa Rae, who, by the way, was in three movies this year, all of which are nominated for Oscars. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she was also in Barbie, and she was in uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. Or uh, Across the Spider-Verse, excuse me. Talk about range. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's this very stereotypical, you know, story from the streets kind of kind of black novel that's becoming hugely successful and all the all the liberal white americans are praising it and talking about how important and raw it is uh-huh. uh so he you know he one night is just so angry and drinking a little bit decides i can do this and writes this completely trashy like tale from the hood kind of novel uh under a, 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 a pseudonym uh, stag r lee and if you know your history, Stagger Lee, that's a, a folktale. Okay. Uh, and uh, it becomes, you know, this massive hit. And it, all it does is complicated life even more, even though he's, he's making lots of money. This movie is hilarious. It is just, it is satirical, but it's not heavy-handed, and it, you are going to laugh your butt off at this movie. This is like the... The most straight – I mean, like, there's been a lot of talk this year about how the Oscar nominations have been, like, way heavier on comedy than they ever have been. And it's true. I mean, Barbie is a pretty straight-ahead comedy, too. 
the holdovers is, is also a comedy. Poor Things is also a comedy. Although those are both dark. I would say holdovers is categorized as a comedy, but all right, go ahead. I get your point, right? Yeah, I mean it's they're you know it's that that thing that like you know kind of like at the Emmys, the bear is a comedy. They're not like ha ha comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, American fiction is actually, funny, while it takes on some serious subject matter, it is funny, funny. It is okay. like yeah, a laugh well, out loud. I mean, I, I was, laughed out loud a lot. I was in with the premise and Jeffrey Wright, and I'm even more in now, so I can't wait to see it. Uh, we don't have too much time, but uh, Origins coming out. What do you know about this? Yeah, this is, uh, ironically, this is another movie that is dealing with race. Uh, this is uh, filmed by Ava DuVernay that I think a lot of people thought might show up in the Oscar race, didn't quite make it. Uh, but uh, this started out as an adaptation of a book, uh, a nonfiction book about race, and kind of like the movie adaptation became a story about the writer of the book and her struggles to to write the book. Okay. Uh, Getting pretty good reviews, running 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, but didn't quite make the Oscar hurdle for some reason. Still, I'm sure, a very good movie. If it's if it's close enough, it probably is. What are you guys going to watch next week? Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Argyle is coming out. This is the new movie from Matthew Vaughn, who is the uh, the guy behind the Kingsman franchise. Oh, okay. Kick-Ass and uh, Stardust and X-Men First Class, one of my favorite directors. I uh, just really enjoy his work. And there's a big mystery about this movie that they've been teasing about the, the actual Agent, Agent Argyle. That apparently there is a real Agent Argyle. So we'll, we'll find out what that is when that comes out next week. All right. Very good. And not Argyle, the uh, limo driver from Die Hard. Different character entirely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing not, although, you know, like I said, there is a, a surprise here. So maybe okay. that's the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> that's, he, he got inspired to a life of action after Nakatomi Plaza. All right. Uh, Julio Diaz, he is the host of Let's Go Pensacola, 4 o'clock on Saturday, and also of the Pensacola Movie Club. Follow them on Facebook. Julio, as always, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Andrew. A fifteen News Radio ninety two three Transgressors Memorial Service comes up next. The light service is uh, coming up next, mm-hmm. and uh, Jake right now has traffic on the fives. Yep, get your coffee and snack for the late service, and get your pew. It's going to be good. Um, I'm not seeing anything around town really. We have we do have an accident that just popped up. It's at North Davis Highway. Uh, just south of East Olive Road, but I'm not seeing any major tie-ups there. Highway 98 is looking good through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, I don't see any accidents reported there along your route, 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 route. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, tomato. On the way. Uh, I-10 and I-110 look like they're at posted speeds, and Highway 29 South through Cantonment is clear. If you do see anything out there, let us know. You can call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with the Traffic on the Five. If you have a a company, you have a business, you have employees, you have to deal with benefits, health insurance, dental, vision, life, disability, HR management, uh, you know, uh, payroll, all of that stuff. Not stuff that most anybody likes doing, but stuff that everybody with employees has to handle one way or another. If you're happy with the situation, do nothing. Right. If you might be unhappy or if you kind of wonder, is there a way to do this better and give my employees better choices? Hey, call Torgerson Causey. They've been doing this for uh, more than two decades, helping local, local companies like yours give great benefits to their employees. I know because we started using them here at Cat Country and News Radio about seven years ago, and they've been fantastic. I mean, genuinely fantastic. 433-9996 for Torgerson Causey or check them out online at tcbenefitsgroup.com.
Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. From our spectacular beaches to the miles of rivers and unspoiled forests, the Gulf Coast offers some of the best family adventure around. And the Subaru Crosstrek and Subaru Forester are the perfect family vehicles to explore every dune and unpaved trail in Northwest Florida. Both come standard with sure-footed symmetrical all-wheel drive to take you deep into the wild places you love. The Crosstrek is powered by a 182 horsepower Subaru Boxer engine that adds plenty of go to any adventure. And the Forester boasts 9.2 inches of ground clearance to get you through every wilderness challenge. There's more than enough room for your gear and plenty of options to make the Crosstrek or Forester fit your lifestyle. In a Subaru, the destination is the journey. So grab the kids and the dog and follow your own path to adventure. Love is out there at Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary, and you speak of it often, even though you don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis & Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Benakis & Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis & Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, call Benakis & Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, Call Benakis & Associates, now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis & Associates, leave the numbers to the experts. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. <coughs> oh, this cold. Honey. <laughs> Honey. Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. <coughs> now I'm getting a cold. Honey. Try DayQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. DayQuil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, honey-licious, power through your day, medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. Our first remembrance is for Sports Illustrated, the formerly exultant official gatekeeper of sports superstardom, but now highly troubled magazine on the verge of extinction after reports that somewhere between half and all of its staff are being laid off amid ongoing revenue challenges. 
The once-weekly staple of the sports enthusiast is now only published monthly with a few special editions and is reeling from the revelation that some articles have been written by artificial intelligence rather than real human reporters. Now, reliable sources indicate this is all a high-stakes game of poker being played between two billionaires, one of which publishes the magazine and the other of which owns the rights to it. But none of this matters. Because the real issue here is that conservatives believe the magazine's woes are due to its embrace of our holy doctrines of woketopianism. These anti-progressives point to the annual swimsuit edition, which last year was unapologetically inclusive and body positive. It featured an 81-year-old Martha Stewart, seven months pregnant Nicole Williams, the first transgender model Kim Petras, and roughly half of the other scantily clad ladies qualifying as, let's just say, well-insulated. Of course, we celebrated this decision to completely betray the expectations of their core audience of hormonally motivated heterosexual men by force-feeding them a strong dose of aspirational softcore gender re-education. At this point, it doesn't really matter why the magazine is struggling because it is perceived to be due to its embrace of wokeism, which is just another reminder of our repeated complaint that capitalism is a terrible way to run a culture. Decisions about morals, art, and sex cannot be left to the ordinary consumer. No, these subjects are far too important to entrust to simple voluntary transactions in the marketplace. That's why all publications which promote the truth of our holy doctrines should be government-funded, and why all publications which oppose it should pay a hefty unwokeness tax and feel grateful we let them be published at all, at least for now. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, coffee. After we learned last week from the inner circle wokeites at the Davos World Economic Forum, that the widely beloved heated liquid pick-me-up is actually contributing to the global climate disaster. Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. That's the wise and reassuring voice of Swiss banker Hubert Keller, who in addition notes that coffee cultivation in the developing world is devastating natural resources by producing only the one cash crop over and over again instead of using proper methods of polyculture or crop rotation. And one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture and monoculture is also affected by climate change. The quality of these nature assets is uh, deteriorating quite rapidly. Sobering stuff, right? Now, as we would expect, Keller's plan is to have very wealthy businesses and individuals collectively take over coffee production, reorganizing it upon ecologically sound principles of climate preservation and sustainability through collective centralization and control, even if that means ruining the lives of millions of impoverished coffee-growing families in the tropics. Well, of course, the other alternative is for us as a collective to simply abandon our coffee addiction and thereby eradicate demand for this next target of our green eco-troopers. As a way of leveraging back that 15 to 1 ratio of carbon to coffee, we recommend the following. Get up in the morning as usual. Pour yourself a nice room temperature cup of water, because that also avoids the energy used to heat the liquid. And repeat this mantra. I like water. I need water. Water, 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 water. That glorious, refreshing, tepid, tasteless drink. You are the best thing to get me going every day. In just a few short years, we can all retrain ourselves through constant self-deception that we do not like or need actual coffee. Now, for those weaker otherin who struggle with the sacramental water replacement strategy, 
We recommend keeping an old cup of coffee in the house to smell when you drink your water. As that coffee gradually putrefies, it will smell bad enough that you won't even want to sniff it anymore and can finally be free to enjoy the blessings of good old-fashioned plain morning water. The planet and the unemployed coffee farmers will all thank you for your devotion to the cause, and in the process, the carbon saved can be used to offset all the private plane flights for the wise leader billionaires who meet in Davos every year to teach us how to reduce our lives to the joyless squalor of their recommended climate vana. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, and we almost hate to do this, but Ryan Gosling, after his reaction to the horrible snub delivered to Barbie movie star actress Margot Robbie, and brilliant directress Greta Gerwig by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences in not nominating them for awards, but yet nominating Ryan for Best Actor. In response, Gosling wrote, There is no Ken without Barbie, and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, the two people most responsible for this history-making, globally celebrated film. No recognition will be possible for anyone on the film without their talent, grit, and genius. To say that I'm disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Against all odds, with nothing but a couple of soulless, scantily clad, and thankfully crotchless dolls, they made us laugh, they broke our hearts, they pushed the collective, they pushed the culture, and they made history. Their work should be recognized along with the other very deserving nominees. Now, I know some of you might think this was good of him, showing he's a true ally to all efforts to tear down the patriarchy. But no, dear Otherin, it's exactly the opposite. Who does he think he is to swoop in and rescue these poor damsels in their distress of being passed over? In pretending to understand eighth-wave feminism, Gosling has shown himself only to be a patsy for the patriarchy itself. No, Ryan. Margot and Greta do not need a male savior to rescue them from the Academy's clear sexism, and by stepping in to fight their fight for them, you have insulted them and all women by implying they cannot right this wrong without the paternalistic assistance of you and your fellow XY chromosomers. All this does is serve to make you seem virtuous, falsely, and taint any victory over the forces of Kendom they might eventually secure because it will seem as if your statement made the difference. Way to go, Mr. Patriarchy! You should have just kept your pretty mouth shut and let these highly capable female justice warriors solve their outrage in their own way. So the next time you want to lend a hand, just keep your blonde, frosted, clean-shaven, anatomically incorrect body to yourself and let the ladies open their own doors to liberation. They don't need your help, and they don't want your patronage. Ken, woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please keep young Jeff Simpson in your mantras. As you all know, Jeff had been lucky enough to be hired by NPR as the front desk receptionist, but on his very first day of training, Jeff's crippling level three telephone avoidance anxiety syndrome took over and rendered him completely paralyzed with fear at the prospect of actually talking on the phone as a member of Gen Z. NPR quickly offered him an accommodation of using texting instead, but alas, it was too late. He was such a quivering mass of traumatized incoherence that his parents had to collect him and return him immediately to their basement. He has been recuperating in isolation ever since, and the doctors think he may be able to go back outside in three to four months if all goes well. Refreshments this week are provided by All Hat and No Cattle, the makers of organic lab-cultivated meat substitute, not beef jerky. Try their synthetically cultured alternative to traditional bovine protein made only from the freshest cloned stem cells and seasoned with sodium-free salt substitute. You can really taste the imitation. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. Oh, 
man. All right, Jake, we're a little bit late to traffic. Go ahead and tell them how the roads look, Oh, sir. it's fine. They're looking good out there. We do uh, have a couple accidents that we're watching now. One just popped up. That's Pauline Street and Kingsfield Road uh, north of town there. Uh, not seeing any major tie-up uh, tie from that. Also, North Davis Highway just south of East Olive Road. We have a vehicle crash there, but really no road blockages or slowdowns to tell you about. If you do see something out there, always let us know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. It'll be quick, but we have a headlines from David Wayne in the newsroom. David? Sure. Well, closing arguments are expected today in the penalty phase of the uh, Trump civil defamation trial in New York. The jury will be hearing closing arguments and begin deliberating uh, in less than less than 24 hours after the former president took the witness stand yesterday. So we'll see what happens there. All right. He'll have more local news coming up next. I still, I, I both can and cannot believe the basically claim that the very fragile, tenuous deal on border funding uh, is something that is now in jeopardy because Trump, as the presumptive nominee for the GOP, doesn't want anything to be effective on solving the border issues now because he wants to be able to campaign on solving the border issues come the fall and win the election. We'll be back with the wrap. Fox News, I'm Therese Crowley. Texas showdown with a federal deadline today. Texas governor has no plan to allow border agents back into Shelby Park on the Rio Grande, where it's installed razor wire to block migrants. Attorney General Ken Paxton tells Fox. I guarantee you he's going to stand strong. He'll keep putting razor wire up. We'll keep blocking the border. We'll keep doing everything that we need to do to protect our state despite the fact that this ruling, this Supreme Court ruling was so wrong. Ten retired FBI directors and counter-terror chiefs warning the House Speaker in a letter that an actual soft invasion of military-age men is underway at the border from countries like China and Syria, perilous for America. What did the president say while he was touting Bidenomics at a brewery in Superior, Wisconsin? By the way, it used to make beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer in this refinery. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. 831 at News Radio 923. It's 63 degrees right now. Cloudy skies in Pensacola this morning. A Pensacola man has now been sentenced to 25 years in prison for stabbing his girlfriend and her son in December of 2022. 49-year-old Tamando Rubin has entered a plea of no contest on attempted murder and kidnapping charges. Prosecutors uh, said that Rubin stabbed his girlfriend in the chest then stabbed her son 15 times. Uh, all of this happened back in 2022 as they were leaving a cemetery. He was arrested several days later after a manhunt by Escambia County deputies. A Pensacola man now facing charges after allegedly shooting his dog while he was intoxicated. This happened earlier this week. According to an arrest report, 36-year-old Nathaniel Bradley was overheard threatening the dog after it had bitten him in the lip. Deputies then found the dog on the home's front porch with a gunshot wound to the leg. That dog taken for treatment by animal control. Bradley now faces uh, charges including animal cruelty, using a firearm during a felony, and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. He's being held with no bond at the Escambia County Jail. Santa Rosa County's legislative delegation is pulling the bill that sought to create a consolidated water utility coalition in the northern part of the county. It's very disappointing to know that some of our county commissioners actually were involved in some of those workings long before we knew what was going on. 
but Robert Smith and the Water Board Coalition, thank you so much for getting this information out to the citizens so we could bombard calls to Tallahassee and we could get this fixed. And that's one of the most vocal opponents of that proposal, Sherry Chapman, yesterday at the Santa Rosa Commission meeting. And Senator Doug Broxson filed the bill. It would have created the North Santa Rosa County Regional Utility Authority. It would be similar to ECUA, but uh, it would have required the uh, nine water utilities in Santa Rosa, not northern Santa Rosa County, to be under one authority. That bill now has been pulled. The Department of Veterans Affairs announcing over $52 million in grants that will be awarded to community-based organizations with the goal of addressing suicide. The VA says those grants will be awarded to organizations that provide or coordinate suicide prevention services for veterans and for their families. Uh, organizations interested in applying for those grants can do so through April 26th. The awards are going to be granted by September 30th. A bill moving through the Florida legislature seeks to rename a portion of roadway after one of the three Navy sailors killed in the NAS Pensacola terror attack in 2019. Airman Mo Haytham grew up in St. Petersburg. A portion of the Gandhi Bridge that connects St. Pete and Tampa would be designated Airman Mo Haytham Memorial Way. There were three young men who died that day, but Mo was the only one from Florida. He was the youngest at 19, and I could not be prouder to be voting on this. Representative Alex Andrade yesterday in the bill passed the House Transportation Subcommittee. It's sponsored by Pinellas Representative Michelle Rayner. 835 at News Radio 923. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jake, what are you seeing? Well, I keep showing up here empty handed on the traffic reports this morning. I'm not really seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to tell you about. Looks like Highway 98 is flowing smoothly from Gulf Breeze through Navarre. And uh, Highway 29 south through Cantonment is accident-free. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, I don't see anything slowing you down. Chase Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you do see something out there, let me know. You can call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. You know, meal planning is work, so let Fresh from Florida help. Learn what's in season and browse hundreds of recipes at freshfromflorida.com. Eat healthier with Fresh from Florida. David, there's sunshine in every bite. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thank you very much, Jake. Sunshine tastes delicious on this cloudy day. We are going to be seeing scattered showers and thunderstorms throughout the late morning and afternoon. Temperatures warming up near 70 degrees overnight tonight. Temperatures dropping near 60 degrees. High rain chance does continue as you go into your Saturday. Temperatures warming up into the 70s once again. Overnight Saturday night, temperatures dropping back into the 50s. For Sunday, sunshine will start to return. We will have dry conditions with a high near 57. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV Weather App. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 63 in Pensacola, 62 in Gulf Breeze, 63 in Milton. Your money now. The market's mixed at the opening bell. The Dow is up 40.88 at 38.9001. The S&P 500 up 103 at uh, 48.9371. The Nasdaq down 32.68 at 15.477.82 this morning. Your 10-year bond rate up uh, just a little bit at 4.14%. Gold price is up 240 at 2020. Uh, silver price is down nine cents at 20, 22.83 this morning, and Bitcoin is up 
1461 add $41,239.92 right now. Elon Musk wants to create a whole new town in Texas, but a deal to do a land swap around his launch pad near uh, Boca Chica Beach. Apparently not sitting well with environmental groups. That plan, though, is seemingly moving forward. Cameron County and uh, Brownsville officials have supported recognizing Starbase as an official place there. They say uh, locals already use that name to describe the area. Microsoft is laying off 2,000 workers in its gaming division. The workforce reduction comes three months now after Microsoft acquired Call of Duty game publisher Activision. Uh, Microsoft bought the video game company for $75 billion. Those impacted by the layoffs are mostly Activision employees. And a new study shows that less than half of all Americans are prepared for a $1,000 emergency expense. The bank rate survey out this week shows only 44% of Americans have $1,000 set aside. It's 838, our next news at 9 and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Hey, Pensacola, get ready for a midday delight that'll have you hooked. Weekdays from 11 until 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins are the dynamic trio that'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud during your lunch break. They dish out the hottest topics, bring you the latest news, and deliver their unique blend of humor and insight that'll have you coming back for more. It's the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show on News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big shark it up. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's the end of the week. That means it's time for me to hang out with a couple of friends here in the studio and talk about the news of the week and just... You know, pretend we're drinking coffee or uh, you know drinking beer or eating baklava, as the case may be. That's going to become relevant here in a moment. Uh, an old friend, Jonathan Owens. Not that he's old, but we've been friends a while. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, we have been friends. <laughs> he's uh, owner of the Elbow Room. Jonathan, welcome back to the uh, the wrap. And a brand new friend who I'm actually meeting for the first time today, uh, Melissa Simpson, who is a commercial realtor and owns the Sweet Greek in Milton and did bring me some... <clears throat> Yummies. <laughs> I'll take that. That's good. Uh, Mil- uh, Melissa, uh, you, you came to my attention only because you, um, <laughs> unfortunately, were the subject of an email discussion uh, in the city of Milton that we publicized because it had to do with Mayor Heather Lindsay saying some things about you and the city manager responding that he's not sure he wants to keep working for a place where they do stuff like this anymore. I'm like, you should have known that going in. We told you going in. You knew this was going to happen. Uh, but anyway, so, um, and then you came. And quite appropriately said, so don't ever do that again. Uh, you might be open to litigation, and uh, you need to say you did wrong. Is that Cor- Correct. Ha- has she done that? She hasn't done that yet, right? So far, I have not had any response. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, hope springs eternal. <laughs> you, n- <laughs> you never know. Not in local politics in the panhandle. Now, <laughs> yeah, look, I've been here 10 years. I know what's wrong. Most of it. Um, And I still hope for better things. And sometimes you get them, right? Sometimes you don't. That's like they're like mounds. Um, So big, big. Almond Joy's got nuts. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Big story this week, uh, in my opinion. Probably the biggest thing that they're doing in session 
uh, is the HB1, HB3. A pair of bills, HB3 is the got to prove that you're 18 online and not just a are you 18, yes, but you actually have to go through age verification. Driver's license kind of thing. Something, yeah. yeah. Something. And uh, the other one is uh, HB1, which is a social media ban for kids, that if you're under 16, 15 and under, you cannot have a social media account in the state of Florida. If you're 16 or 17, you can have one with some guardrails. And if you're 18 and up, all of us who have social media are going to have to verify our age which is not hard to do. There's all kinds of mechanisms to do it. That passed in the House overwhelmingly. The uh, porn ID passed unanimously, and it's going to go to the Senate. The Senate looks like they're going to take them up and probably fast-track them, and likely we're going to get both signed into law. I didn't realize how much I wanted this bill until I started hearing them talk about it, and now I'm so excited about the HB1. Oh, the, 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 the social media bans that you had on yesterday. I mean, that was some emotional stuff. Oh, the some of the people talking about the cases and the— the harm done to kids and people I listen killing to you every themselves. Because, and, and taking my kids, I was just telling Melissa earlier, I'm bringing my kids to school. They get to listen to Andrew McKay. And so they're learning all about local politics at eight and nine years old. And it, it was silence when you were playing those clips. And, um, and my nine-year-old was like, that stuff really happens. And I told my eight-year-old who had just days, just the day before said, dad, can you put your, age can you put your birth year in here so i can download this game Mm. and i said no i can't and she said well why not i said because that little check is to keep you safe and she's like i don't understand i said well you'll you'll understand i said let me explain it to you so i explained to her a little bit and then her attention span went away and she wanted to go do something else well as we were riding to school yesterday they're hearing all of these things and they're like this stuff really happens i said yes i said that's what parents are here for or to protect you and not all parents parent the same way and sometimes kids get access to things that they shouldn't get access to and therefore getting access other people get access to them and uh bad things can happen and they were just silent so after so that segments, really oh yeah persuade oh them. totally helped persuade them oh because, man i'm so i'm so see because you know me i yeah i'm reluctant to put that kind of stuff out in the morning because oh, i know it's so sobering and scaring yeah. but I, but even so i know it's hard stuff to hear but but my reasoning was it's hard stuff to hear but kids who don't know this happens right. need to know this happens and take it seriously right and that's wow, that's super encouraging to find out that they reacted that way. Uh, Melissa, you've got girls, right? Young girls. I have a ten-year-old and an eleven-year-old who just got phones, unfortunately. Well, we get we they had phones, that. but they don't have social media, and they don't even have data plans. They just have Wi-Fi, so yeah. they use it at home, like as a tablet, basically, is how we did our phones. But yeah, our our girls, um, we used it mainly as uh, an ability to communicate with them. That was the hope. Mm-hmm. But the problem that we run into is. Even if we don't give them access, their friends may have access. So, for example, my kids aren't allowed on TikTok, but all I hear from them is TikTok because mm-hmm. they go to their friend's house and so on. Right, or school and aftercare and, and, and things yeah. like that. And then we've actually found some interesting workarounds that my kids have found okay. where, so for example, they've got the age restriction. And um, my daughter, my little one, loves Sheen. I don't know if you know what that no. is. It's like a, it's like a, like a clothing app. And the kids stuff is super cute, by the okay. way. Okay. So, but the adult clothes can get inappropriate and whatnot. So of course it's under the band section for her, for her age group. So somehow she's on something and you know how your Google will now trace where your IP has been. Okay, so we've sure. been on Sheen, which we've been on Sheen to go buy her stuff for Christmas, right? What happens is somehow when she's in our Wi-Fi system, 
it actually pops up as a pop-up on her phone. Okay. And she can bypass the the, the age restriction, age yeah. threshold. Uh-huh. And so, you know, thank goodness she's only looking up kids' stuff. But technically, if you go onto the website, again, if you go into the older clothes, there's some inappropriate stuff. And so there seems to always be this little workaround. And at the end of the day, you know, um, and I'm, I didn't listen to the show with, you know, all the details and whatnot, but, um, I'm very much of a, I think the government is terrible at doing its job. It should be involved in as little as possible and that parents need to be parents. Right. But the reality is you can't watch them all the time. You can instill the best morals that you can with them and protect them as much as possible. But you have this avenue that's working against you. Mm-hmm. It's Const- a very, constantly. it's a very fine balance of what's, you know, where's big government coming in versus how do we protect them from people who are intentionally trying to hurt them? And I mean, it's kind of like the bad old days when marketers would deliberately advertise to kids in cartoons and they would teach us how to smoke. Right. The Marlboro man. Right. He was marketing to the eight year olds. And somebody had the bright idea. Oh, maybe this isn't a great plan to let advertisers market products that are harmful to their health to kids. Let's try to protect kids programming in that way. And, we just never really have caught up with that on, you know, digital platforms. And this is, it's a, it's a first try in my opinion, but it's a first try to do a thing that needs to be done, which is something to control this. And it's funny to me because, you know, the, they'll argue, well, you're taking rights away from parents. Well, theoretically, you can't have an Instagram account if you're 13. Like you have to be old enough to even have, so there's already an age restriction supposedly in place. We all know that's widely violated. We're just raising it and making it a government-backed Well, well I think it makes the parents accountable. Much like uh, legislation that came in like the 80s or 90s, if, if your kid does something at school, then is the, their damage is something at school, then the parent is ultimately responsible right. for whatever the cost of those damages were. Well, I mean, did that help? Well, I think it helped for a little while, but I mean, it, now it's really hard to enforce that, right? right. I mean, what's the, the legal cost of enforcing something like that? So was it a good rule at the time? I think it uh, disincentivized or, you know, it stopped kids from doing things because their parents were like, well, I can't afford to fix what you screw up, so don't screw anything up. And and I, I, I agree it's not perfect. I agree there's all kinds of questions and there's going to be legal challenges, but I just feel like it's so important. It's such a risk. And I have we didn't let our kids have social media, and I really don't think any kids. That's the reason for the law. No kids should be on it. Some will lose the benefit of it, but an awful lot will lose the harm of it. And you know, my, my kind of one-liner on the topic uh, yesterday was, how many of you have ever said to yourself, I, I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was a kid? I, I loved that. I love that. Well, Take, give, give, that, that. Give, that give, give that back to your kids. That, that's um, it. I mean, in, in today's world, should our kids be really worried about becoming an influencer and becoming a millionaire because oh. they're going to be an influencer? <laughs> I mean, do you it's, want I mean, yeah. that, and that's what they see, right? right? I mean, your heroes become what you see. You, so, Slash it, famous from doing the most dangerous recent TikTok dare you know right like right, all right, of that. right eating tide to, pods or whatever we need to take a quick break we'll just get traffic on the fives jake's got that for us uh, just you guys talking it reminded me i had a what was it joe camel from camel cigarettes mm-hmm. that was my lunch bag in school when i, I was i so believe I, it I, it's just you remember ashtrays at mcdonald's yeah. I remember oh, yeah. making your parents an ashtray in um, 3D art class out yep. of lottery. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, yeah. go on. Uh, I'm not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report to you as of uh, this morning here. Uh, I-10 and I-110 are posted speeds, 98, 90, 29, all looking good. If you see anything out there, let me know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Um, we, were, we were talking off air when you first came in, Melissa, just kind of about how your restaurant came to be. 
It's a it's a coffee bakery, right? Good ba- Greek so bakery a, and coffee. Yeah, boutique Greek pastry and okay. coffee shop. The but sweet but Greek it came about because you during COVID mm-hmm. wanted to teach do something fun with your kids and wanted to teach them how to cook like your ancestors, right? Yeah. So you know everybody kind of ran into the same situation with COVID. You hey the next day guess what everybody's at home with their kids mm-hmm. and you know. Um, I finally, as bad as COVID was for everybody, I always think there's a positive to everything. And for me personally, it made me sit down and realize how how much I had been working and really sit back and say, hey, I, I want to be a better mother. I want to spend more time teaching them what I learned. My grandparents spent a lot of time with me and it was something I wanted them to have as well. And so we did everything from, I pulled out the sewing machine, taught them how to thread a bobbin. We sewed masks, right? Okay, Everybody was yeah. doing that. We started a garden. We did science experiments. We started, I started teaching them Greek. We put stuff up on the, you know, you know how you label everything in your house. We right. did some of that. Um, we made palms for Greek school. We, we did a bunch of different things. And um, I started teaching them some of the cooking. And the girls have kind of taken to different things. But that's part of why I started the restaurant was my great-grandparents had restaurants. Um, my grandfather, of course, worked in them, my grandmother. And it's a it was a large part of their life. The food, of course, in Greek culture is a huge deal. Right, right. And, you know, if you go talk to the elders in the church community, they'll even tell you for, for festivals and so on, you know, their biggest fear is worrying that the festival will die out because the people making the food are usually the older women right, and, and right. men. And it's not being taught. And so I made it a point to make sure. I'm like, you know what? We're going to go in. I'm going to take all of their recipes. I've got my Yaya's, my great Yaya's recipes handwritten and uh, in, in her own writing. So and in Greek, the recipes in, are in, in Greek. In Greek, yeah. Oh, man. And so, and, and it's really hard to, I, I had the biggest problem with the restaurant from a food distribution standpoint because, remember, so if you needed butter, they were making butter. Okay. On their own. I got gotcha. you. And so the quality of the butter, our ingredients are very high quality because, again, in fact, we're going to make a soup. We're going to make a soup called Avgo Lemono Soup. And it's an egg lemon. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, how, how, I speak no Greek, so all right. So uh, uh, we're going to make this soup. And um, so my distributor's like, oh, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, Gre- uh, I've got stock, chicken stock. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're making the stock. Right. Yeah, but the, are you serious? Yeah. I'm not, we're going to make the stock. And then I said, I need carrots. Like, you know, I want organic carrots or I want, you know, it should have stock on it or something. So that attention to the detail, Mm -hmm. it it makes such a difference. And the quality of the food for the kids to actually try it the way it's supposed to be. I mean, that's what's really neat. So COVID kind of allowed me to do that. That's where the idea, I've always wanted to do it. Okay. Um, My, my extended family has a hundred year old chocolate company. And so it started in Greece, was brought over. And so we brought that into the shop as well, just as a little side item. And again, it's, it's tying them in. Um, Their family took care of our family. My great grandfather died of an appendicitis. And so my great grandmother, um, she ended up, she had four kids, two brand new twin baby girls and two other children. And what do you do in Greece? So she moved in with her brother and his family. Okay. And they basically grew up as siblings. And that family is the one that now has the VRS uh, uh, fine candies and chocolates. That's what it is. And they're um, the youngest granddaughters are my daughter's godmothers. Okay. So we still keep it all tied in. Family, culture, history. Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, I I love 
it, it's a horrible thing what we went through with COVID, but there are some things that grew out of it. And I love that idea of, I mean, I was, you know, like I teach my, I try to teach my boys how to cook. So far, I've got one who's really picked it up, one who has no interest in ever learning how to cook, and one who's sometimes a little bit here and there. But, you know, I mean, I have my mom's rolling pin and my mom's uh, recipe holder and some of my mom's recipes written in her handwriting and that kind of stuff. And I try to connect them a little bit with, you know, you know, your mom loved to cook or my, your grandma loved to cook and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, that's just that's a way, as you say, it's to connect. It doesn't necessarily have to be a business, but I can imagine trying to do it their way. And that slows you down. That puts you in the pace, the rhythm, the connection with the past, the tradition that cooking can be, as opposed to this sort of, I don't know, assembly line process that a lot of times it is, and that we eat the stuff at the other end of that. That's great. Uh, Eight fifty four here on News Radio ninety two three. Um, Jonathan. Yes. Beach access. Yes. <laughs> Pensacola Beach or Perdido Key? Key. Oh, yes. We have four of them now. Yeah. So this was a very interesting conversation to me the other day when Commissioner Bergash, uh, who I think you know. um, I am familiar. (laughs) Uh, Charles Krupnik from the Perdido Key Associates comes up and says, the residents of Perdido Key don't want more and more and more visitors to the beach because that's causing problems now. We don't want more of that. I mean, that was kind of the version of what he said. So we don't really want more parking and more and more beach access. Um, and, and Jeff basically says, I don't care what you want. The other people in my district want it. And um, which I, I can kind of see both sides. You know, it's a amenity available to the public, not available to the public, all of that. Um, but uh, I just thought it was an odd position to take coming into an election year of – I don't care what you guys want, even though you're in my district now. But I do care about what these other people want. What part would you like me to tell you? <laughs> There's so many, so many options, so many options. Well, what, what is you, the need? Is the you... need for more parking? Is the need for more space? Is the need for location of the beach access? And would would having more of it change traffic and culture of the island? So, as the listeners may or may not know, prior to redistricting, uh, dist- that was part of District 2. Um, so, I had, you know, seven, six and a half years of dealing with, you know, people being stuck in the sand out there or someone trespassing on someone's private property because Perdido P, uh, you own down to the mean high tie line, except for recently now they've discovered some, you know, area that's the open public, to the public can use south out by of, the water. Right, out right. by the water. Well, <clears throat> we were trying, when I say we, Commissioner Underhill was trying um, to work on expanding Beach Access 3, which was logical. That's, that's the one right at River Road. At River Road. Okay. Yeah, Beach Access 3 is right across the street from River Road. So, and if that had expanded enough, if, you, if, if the county could have acquired and if the property owner at the time was willing to sell it, if we could have, we meaning the county could have uh, acquired those three parcels, it would have connected Beach Access 3 to the state park. Oh, right? that's a so, lot of land. Oh, my goodness. You would have all those three parcels, which are currently parking today, illegal parking, right? Okay. Because people are trespassing and parking on private property getting stuck out there, you know, and so forth, keeping, I guess, the towing companies in business. But um, if you could have expanded Beach Access 3 and made all of that some sort of parking, it would have just alleviated the need for parking on Perdido Key. Well, that didn't happen. Call it politics. Plus, you you would have had a lot of people coming to the just outside the core area that right. tries to become more business growth and so amenities, the right? Current so the commercial core, that. really, is between um, 
Johnson Beach Road, where the roundabout is, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it or hate it, um, and then River Road. And then beyond that is, you know, State Park. And then uh, you've got some spotty, you know, commercial businesses that are down there. You've got some restaurants. But between River Road and Johnson Beach Road, you've got Lillian's, you've got the Jellyfish and that whole complex there. There's a, a bunch of vacant land that... I mean, that's really the core of the Perdido Key Master Plan, right? The town center or whatever it was going to be developed as, as, as part of the Perdido Key Master Plan overlay. So it made logical sense from a traffic standpoint and a public safety standpoint and a walkability standpoint to expand Beach Access 3 to the west and try to connect it to, um, the, state park. to, to the state park. Okay. So that would have been, a, you would have been able to walk from because now there's a the, so the with path. So with the residents on with the, uh, you know what we got to get another traffic in here. Uh, we're almost totally out of time, which is my fault. Oh, we're for good. There, there's the nothing Jake. happening. Just okay. you can skip me. Cool. Okay. Traffic on the fives. Well traffic on the fives. Okay. Uh, okay. But do the residents on Perdido Key do they support expanding beach access? Because that seemed to be what Charles Krupnik was saying was that the residents don't support it. Yeah. <clears throat> do they not support it because it has had an adverse? The previous has had an adverse effect on their experience that they purchased, right? Because if someone purchased pr- property on Perdido Key, they expect to. They're a private beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm air quoting their private beach. But um, I think if it was done right and presented properly to the people of that own property on Perdido Key, uh, that it would be of a benefit as, to as them. A, to, as a with and it's all as opposed to an us versus right, you. Right. To, to, okay. I mean, do you open? Do you need to have six public beach accesses or should you consolidate them and make beach access three a larger parking area and then consolidate like where your traffic west or something right where you should consolidate your traffic okay. so right. well that was way long sorry no that's helpful but that that puts it in perspective for me. and i did not know that had been the plan for uh, for access number three um <laughs> what, an, what an interesting pair but we didn't even get into talking about how both of you own restaurants and labor issues yeah. and the report this week that two trillion dollars of productivity was just into the air because of people underperforming their job duties quiet quitting last year quiet quitting um we'll have to talk to you about all of this more in the future and we didn't even talk about milton city council maybe to the better melissa maybe (laughs) maybe well thank you for joining us today uh jonathan thank Thank you you for having us always good to have you uh go lions that's all i have to say and uh we'll see you in a bit you're listening to news radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.